Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hi, I'm Rebecca Lowe, host of NBC's coverage of the Premier League. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Plus, be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Tottenham take a big, big step towards Europa League qualification. Leicester, it feels like now, Kyle, can say goodbye to Champions League. Not done, they're still in the top four, but with all the form of Chelsea and most notably Manchester United, he said, Brendan Rodgers, top six. Well, we know we came in saying we'll be happy with top six. Well, they're going to look like they'll get that. It does look like it. And, and uh, you know, coming down to that Manchester United game, I, I was expecting even if they were able to get by Spurs, they wouldn't be able to get by Manchester United. So it's a tough task now. But I think ultimately, we talked about it before, it's going to feel disappointing. But in the context of the whole season, what they expected, what they've done, what they looked like before the restart, it, it, they have to find all the positives in finishing in the top six, even if, if they get, at the end of this, replaced in that top four. And obviously not having Suyun Chu was, was a big loss, big mistake from, a, from an experienced player that's been amazing this year to get that red card and be, lo and be lost today, and, and we saw the gaping hole that it created. So Harry Kane won't score under Jose Mourinho. Uh -huh. I think that's proven. I never thought wrong. that. Yeah, but a lot of people are thinking that. No, that 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 is what a successful Spurs team looks like for Jose Mourinho. It's different to a a Pep's successful match where he might outplay his opponents and score three goals. That's what he likes. That's what Jose likes. And the Spurs fans out there, that's kind of what what he wants it to look like. So that's what you're going to. Do you think they'll mind that, Robbie, in terms of it's not well, like a Man City? It's, it is much more Some of them will mind, will mind it. They won't mind it if he brings them a trophy. A trophy. Whatever it is, League Cup, FA Cup, whatever it is. That's what they want. That's why he's been brought in. And it's just starting to see this, the, the Jose Spurs start to form itself. And he will be incredibly happy. His striker's got two brilliant goals. Defensively, another clean sheet. Strong uh, goalkeeping performance as well. And, and that's what his team's going to look like. And, and players like Winks, uh, <coughs> performing really well. Winks and Sissoko. Little pieces that didn't seem to be fitting before, slowly kind of falling into this template that Jose must say today, guys, that's, that's what I mean. That's, that's what we have to do to be back in the top four and be challenging again. A difficult day for all concerned in terms of Leicester, but for Tottenham, since the restart, just that one defeat, that's 3-1 defeat against Sheffield United. Other than that, it's been draws and five victories from the eight games with Palace still to play on Championship Sunday as we take you back to North London. Our commentary team with us today, Graham Lasso and Arlo White. Football, so much about perception, Arlo, because had mm. Leicester City started slowly and ended up fifth then the Leicester fans would be very, very happy. It's just yeah. the other way round kind of changes the way they feel about it. It does. It feels like a massive missed opportunity for a club, and we talked about it during the game, whose, whose statement of intention during the season or in pre-season was to finish in the top six and maybe challenge for a trophy. Well, they got to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, the semifinals of the League Cup, and it looks like fifth place. But with a 14-point lead after 24 games, it, they've fallen away. They've taken nine points out of 24 since the restart. So whereabouts has it gone wrong for them? Well, it's difficult because you look at large parts of the way they play and you think, excellent. You know, the first half of this game typified that. They looked good in possession. The 
tactically, they, they seemed to get hold of Spurs after they went the goal behind and started to create some opportunities. There were some decent balls into the box. They created quite a lot of chances, but then they didn't have numbers in the box to capitalise. I think once you stop Jamie Vardy, you sort of stop most of uh, the threat of Leicester. Um, and, you know, the, the, the individual mistakes cost them and cost mm. them dearly. You know, Spurs were exceptional in, in, in the way they picked well, Leicester off. They're guaranteed fifth place, so they'll go straight into the group stage of the Europa League next season. Whatever that looks like, we'll have to wait and see uh, for next season. So that's Leicester. Not quite out of the Champions League yet, but it looks like Manchester United are favourites. Tottenham, um, under Jose Mourinho, and Rebecca talks about perception. The perception is it's not going very well for Tottenham <laughs> Hotspur. They're in sixth place. They were 14th when he took over. Are people being a little harsh on him? Well, today's game, I think, it was as good as I've seen them play in many ways. Um, it, the, the, the quality, obviously, through the team, the structure of the team, they were much felt much more reliable as, as their units today. Um, didn't make mis- too many mistakes um, individually, which we've seen before. It's just, it's, it takes time, I think, to get used to a new style of football. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing Jose Mourinho's style of players. And some people will fit in, some people will excel, and some mm. others will fall by the wayside. And I think that's the job that he's going to be looking to do about who are the ones that are going, he can rely on in this system, in this way of play, and who are the ones that are going to not perform to the, the levels he wants them to, mm. both physically and mentally. Um, but obviously with Harry Kane at that level and back to that sort of form, it's so exciting for Re- Tottenham fans. From the gantry here, Rebecca, they were scored into that goal over there. We were right behind them. Absolutely world-class finishes from Harry Kane. We'll talk to you again from Anfield on Wednesday. Two goals from Harry Kane helping Tottenham to a 3-0 win over Leicester City and draw within four points of them and closer to a Europa League spot. Here is the Spurs manager, Jose Mourinho. Jose, final home game of the season. How good was it from your players? I think we were um, strategically good. We knew what was obvious for us. Um, Brandon did an amazing job since he arrived, but in this moment he is a little bit in in trouble with uh, injuries. I know what it is because I had um, similar problems, but in the other end. Is having problems behind. He's trying to build a team to compensate the people that he lost, and we knew that in in transition we could uh, we could win the game. So we took away their uh, our defensive depth, which is where uh, Vardy normally kills, and we try to to be very fast after recovering the ball. I think. Uh, until we had energy, we did that very, very well in the first half. In the second half, it was more about being compact and play for the result because uh, these three points were yes or yes. If we don't win this game, we have no chances for the last one. So they had lots of shots, lots of possession, but tactically, did you always feel in control of the match? Yeah. You have always a danger. You always need your goalkeeper to make a couple of uh, important saves, which which he did, but we were uh, we were phenomenal. They had so many corners. We were so much in in control. Our block was always in in control, and um, I felt very very comfortable during the game. How good was Harry Kane today? Uh, 
it was very, very good. And of course, uh, two, two very important goals for us. And I think the, the third one is, is, uh, is Harry Kane's goal. Uh, amazing quality in, in, his, in his shot. I think it's now 13 goals in 18 games under you that he's scored. And you've managed some top-class strikers, but is he right up there with the best? Of course he is. Of course it's difficult for me to compare uh, uh, strikers, but uh, I had, almost in every club, I had some of the best. And uh, of course Harry is second to, to none. Just different, uh, different qualities. But as a, as a striker, as a goal scorer, as a team player, as as a leader, I think he's, he's fantastic. Do you think you can make him better? <laughs> it's difficult to make him better. I think uh, the better the team is, uh, the better he can be. Uh, but I think it depends more on, on us, it depends more on, on the team as, as globality than himself, because he's an amazing professional, works very, very well. He cannot work better than, than what he does during the... Um, during the week, uh, he's a fantastic striker and uh, so happy. And Tottenham is so lucky to have him. Even if it didn't lead to you getting into the Europa League, how important is it the form you're showing now? It's very important. That's what I always told. Uh, it was very important the way we ended, what we were showing after after um, this this long break, because uh, the long break is not so open like a, a pre-season hopefully is because we had lots of limitations but was good enough for us for the players to feel that with work that with time we could uh, improve so i think clearly we are one of the teams with more points during this uh, this period after after the the break and i think that is a very very good uh, feeling now we have to fight to finish six, but doesn't depend on us. We we have to to win, and that is difficult at Palace. But we have to try to win, and wait for something in with other opponents. Um, if not seventh, because seventh is um, what we can achieve independent of the others. And we finish seven. We still depend on the FA Cup um, final. But getting or not getting to Europa League, I think the feeling of uh, what we are doing, what we are improving, I think is very important for the next season. Thank you. Thanks, Jose. Another tough day in Project Restart for Leicester. Such patchy form in the last few weeks. This game today at Spurs was lost at the break when they were already 3-0 down, and that's how it stayed. We're going to hear from manager Brendan Rodgers, but first here is centre-half, Wes Morgan. Wes, obviously that's a, a painful one. What have you said in there about the performance and the result? Yeah, you know, the result is not what we wanted. Um, wanted to start the game, uh, you know, with intensity and uh, on the front foot. Before we know it, it was 3-0 uh, down. So, yeah, looking back at the game, you know, I've seen the stats and the possession and the shots on target that we've had. It didn't feel like a 3-0 loss, to be honest. Um, but credit to them, just clinical when they had the chances, and uh, we've got to learn from that. You've been so close to Champions League for so long. Where does this leave you in terms of that? Yeah, you know, it's not over yet. I've uh, still got one game to go. It's a tough, tough game. Um, but anything can happen. You know, every win that 
who knows what we could be in the in the Champions League. So yeah, we'll reflect on this game and then we'll uh, obviously look and prepare for the next game. Brendan, how would you explain that game to somebody who hadn't seen it and just sees the score? Yeah, it was a funny game because I thought uh, we actually played well in parts, but we didn't start aggressive enough. That was a problem, and we gave away goals at bad times. Um, we started fairly well with confidence, and and then we've been done by by three counter attacks really. Um, but as I said, apart from apart from uh, as I said, not being aggressive enough. Uh, at the beginning of the game, I think the players they were playing for their pride in the second half, and they come out and, and they gave everything. You know, we've uh, tough couple of games in, in the last couple of days, but uh, but yeah, they, they've given everything to the, the performance, but we just uh, we just didn't quite have the legs today. But for all that, not aggressive enough in terms of possession, shots on goal, chances. You kept on going. Yeah, all the way yeah, through. no, no, absolutely. The, the, as I said, they're a brilliant bunch of guys, and, and they're very honest. And we kept going, and like you said, young players getting experience. You know, I thought we played the sheet well, and uh, we were causing them problems. But um, but from the first when Harry comes out, and we, we got to, we got to stop that and, and be more aggressive. Um, and then they turn and get away, and, and obviously they get that first goal. So that was a huge disappointment. And I think from that, we've given them energy. And when they get to to 3-0 before half-time, mm. then they can just stay in and uh, and, and close the game. So uh, so that was disappointing. But like I said, the likes of Luke Thomas again, another great experience for him, playing at the level. Guys like Wes coming in, playing the, the second game in four days, it's it's a tough ask for them. But uh, but they gave me everything, and uh, like I said, we'll, uh, we'll just rue the start uh, of the first half. You say about playing for pride, second half, did you also were you mindful of the importance of maybe getting a goal? One goal could make all the difference yeah, at the end of it. Yeah, all. yeah, no, we did, we did mention that, you know, not conceding anymore. And you see, we put everything into the game to try and score. You know, we'd strikers on the pitch. We were numbers committed forward. Um, but it was also important that we, uh, like as I said, we played with control as well. So, um, but yeah, we, uh, we didn't manage to score. Importantly, we didn't concede as well. You've got a full week to prepare now. Is the message going to be that, barring a, a freak result on Wednesday, it could still be in your hands? Yeah, but, well, I think it's, it was always going to go down to that last game anyway. So, um, and we've got a shot to get to the Champions League, which um, the players, like I said, they'll have a couple of days rest now, and then we can really focus on uh, on the game next Sunday. And uh, be an absolutely fantastic game for us, and uh, we'll look forward to it. Well, it will be a good game, Leicester City against Manchester United next Sunday. And Robbie, it feels like everyone is so downhearted in that Leicester camp, but it is still in their own hands. And even if Manchester United beat West Ham, yeah. Leicester can still beat Manchester yes. United and finish the Champions League. Yeah. That's not unfeasible. No, it's not. I mean, it's going to be very difficult, um, but it's still possible, you know. And uh, I, I understand the feelings, given the, the gap that they had in the league table, and, and we all thought before the break that they were going to be almost shoo-ins for the top four. Um, but it is a 38-game season, and it is difficult, and it is a young squad apart from the centre-backs today who are older but in general it's a young team the football's been much better the team's played with more intensity this season under Brendan Rodgers there's definitely been development there Harvey Barnes is an example that has really taken his game forward Vardy's getting a ton of goals again so it, you've got to look at the bigger picture finishing in you know breaking that top six for, for any team outside of that top six is not easy and they're going to do it and they've done it Pretty much, but you're right. I mean, if they can beat United by more than United beat West Ham mm -hmm. next Sunday, 
then they get in the top four. I suppose if they miss out on Champions League football, it's up to Brendan Rodgers' management to ensure that the players don't go off into the summer holidays feeling despondent, down, as Robbie said, they had such a big gap, but they feel and they do look at the bigger picture so that when next season comes around, they start on the upwards trajectory again, not feeling a hangover. Yeah, and I think they will. I, I think most of the players will know that this restart is not indicative of what they've how they've performed and, and what they've done this season. And listen... Essentially, they're going to have a one-game play-in to try and get in, into Champions League, right? And they would have taken that at the beginning of the year. And I, I would look at Brendan Rodgers now to say, you've got a challenge. We've been saying it over and over again. So Nucci was a big miss. Okay, today didn't work. And the Spurs are a very good counter-attacking team. Manchester United will probably possess a little more than Spurs, are fantastic counter-attacking team. Brendan Rodgers has to figure out how to make them more durable and stymie some of those moments so that they're not in a back-and-forth game. They lose that game to Manchester United if they play that way. And arguably, Manchester United have more pressure on them as well. Yeah, and uh, it, what's interesting is Manchester United are playing right now, and you know what, what's, what's fascinating is I saw the lineup and been watching the game is that it almost looks like he's looking ahead, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Obviously, there's some injuries and some things going on to that game against Leicester where top four seems to be, just, just on glance, more of a priority than getting... You know, and and also for Leicester, they got there some really important players that are going to miss that game as well. Important players that have been injured mm -hmm. for this last few uh, matches, which for Leicester City, you know, the, the, the depth of the squad is not huge. So that's not helping as well. Really heartbreaking end to that game. If you're a Bournemouth fan, very difficult to take. You think you get a point, then you end up losing by two goals to nil. So in terms of the relegation scenarios, Bournemouth will be relegated on Tuesday if Watford get any kind of positive result against Man City in their game Tuesday 1 o'clock. If they don't and Watford lose, then it goes to the final day of the season to Championship Sunday. Let's hear now from Eddie Howe, from Steve Cook and Aaron Ramsdale. Aaron, can you even sum up your emotions after a crazy few moments there? Um, not really. I'm devastated um, from such a high, a high emotion and and relief thinking we got the equaliser, taking a point out of the game and then obviously we're throwing bodies forward so um, to concede late is tough, especially on the goal difference but you can also, also accept it because we're, we're throwing caution to the wind and we're going for, going for the goal. That's the thing because there was so much heart in that performance, so many attempts, it just, did you feel that it just wasn't going your way today maybe? <sighs> yeah, first half we had chances and balls dropping in the box and wasn't falling to us or the final ball was letting us down and I always felt like we'd get one and, and we would score but obviously today it's, it's not been our day but the lads are dead on the feet I think they've, they've, we threw everything at it and, and the chances are there we've just not been managed to, to put one away. The spirit in that side now you keep having these disappointments but you carry on fighting. I mean, what, what does that say about this team of yours? Well, we, I think that's been a disappointing thing. Um, we, we, we've had the spirit, I think, in the last four games. It's, it's been there. Um, we've really tried to fight until the last game of the season, try and get us over the line. We, I don't think we, we ever gave up today. We kept on plugging away. I felt so sorry for Sam Surridge because um, he deserved that goal. We deserve that goal, I think. Um, and we haven't had the rubber to green. Uh, again, VAR um, over the season, I think, hasn't been kind to us. Um, but, yeah, it's frustrating because I felt we deserved something today.
Eddie, can you even begin to sum up your emotions after that crazy final few moments and playing with so much heart and it just not coming off today? Yeah, really disappointed for the players today. I thought they gave everything to the game. Could have been very different, I think. I think um, can't fault the determination to try and um, succeed today. It was just in front of goal. We were, were guilty of missing, so I think some really good chances today. And of course, yeah, the moment at the end, um, that's a real cruel twist for us today. Was it just bad luck today? Because there were so many chances, not just from set pieces, but from open play as well. All the players gave it everything today. Yeah, I think we gave it everything. I got no, no criticism of the players at all in that respect. We, um, we did create the moments. Their goalkeeper played very well. Um, disappointed with the goal that we conceded because that makes our, our task very difficult to come back against a, a very good team at the moment. And yeah, it looked like all our hard work had been rewarded with Sam's finish at the end. And it's such a cruel thing because for that split second, you think you've got a positive result and then it turns um, and the second goal is again a pro probably a consequence of that moment there yeah, and Aaron Ramsdale was the man of the match I mean I guess that tells its own story today yeah Aaron played his part in it in in our display I mean the penalty saves a key moment that kept keeps us in the game and you feel that could give us some renewed momentum at a time when we probably needed it in the match um, so he played very well but I thought the the general performance was very good um, the determination was there it, ball just didn't fall for us today your destiny is no longer in your own hands. How does that feel? Yeah, it's a horrible feeling right now. I can't lie, it's very, very painful. Um, but it is what it is. We can't change it now. We just have to try and hope we get a little bit of luck with the other results and um, see what happens. A tense week ahead, watching all the other games? Yeah, uh, yeah. whether I watch them or not, I don't know. But a tense week ahead because, as you say, our, our fate isn't in our own hands and um, that's not what we wanted today. Do you still believe in miracles? Always believe um, until someone tells me it's impossible, uh, there's still a chance. It's not impossible, it's looking less possible. Watford have two games left, so it's Man City and Arsenal for them, difficult, but they have a three-point advantage over both Villa, who have two games, Arsenal and West Ham, and Bournemouth, who, as we know, have to go to Everton. So Bournemouth will be relegated Tuesday if Watford get any kind of result against Manchester City. If not, it goes to the end of the season, the final day, which for the neutral, you have to say, is rather exciting. Carl, we've got to start, though, this relegation roundup conversation mm. with Watford. And the news today, which, by the way, strangely still hasn't been confirmed by the club, which broke four or so hours ago that they'd fired Nigel Pearson Watford for the last two games Hayden Mullins was coming in. What are we to speculatively read about this situation? That it wasn't planned. Um, if we're speculating, it seems spontaneous. It seems like there was an event, a moment that created a a rash reaction because the longer this club waits to confirm this, the more players and supposedly players are meeting to learn what's happening and maybe they already know, but everyone thinks they didn't have a plan here. And, you know, some could say a manager bounce will happen. I, I, I say the opposite could happen. I mean, this could absolutely derail things. And by the way, Manchester City could take care of that goal differential in one game and all of a sudden Bournemouth are, are back into being able to, to climb equal with and beat uh, Watford on on goal differential so it's just a wild day and, we, and, and I, I'm trying to think of a time we've seen something like this I, I think Watford just put themselves in absolute turmoil and, and, and we're yet to find out why well that's what's interesting Robbie is whether or not this can galvanize them for two games or damage them for two games we don't know but <clears throat> put yourself in the position of a Troy Deeney how are you I mean you don't know the ins and outs but how are you feeling generally about a, a change two games from yeah. the end when you've got City and Arsenal yeah I, I would be dumbfounded I, I would be like what is going on 
what is going on? And of course, I know Nigel Pearson really well. He's an emotional guy. He doesn't suffer fools gladly. I don't know what he's done. I'm speculating if he's if he's had a snap up of somebody or something and they've decided to fire him. I wouldn't be surprised. Based on the fact that you know him well. Well, no, but emotional. just in the situation at Watford, if there's some kind of re reconciliation with him. Which is why we haven't made. Which heard there's a no announcement yet. I mean, what is the benefit of bringing somebody in for for two games? The first game they've got one day to to uh, work with the team. So I, I, the players will not be happy. There's still a chance they can park the bus against the two teams, City and Arsenal, and get that point. Um, I, I just have to think that, that Big Old Nige has, has said something to the wrong person, and, and this is what's Well, totally, totally different scenario, but remember at Leicester, he, he was fired and rehired before it was yeah. even really official. I mean, Surely that be can't unthinkable. Happen again. <laughs> to I mean, the same guy. Could it happen to him again? And he has the great escape again. I mean, he would go down <laughs> as an absolute legend. Well, we're still waiting. We have no word, and earlier on, the Watford FC website crashed as all the fans tried to find out whether or not this was true. It is being reported by reputable outlets that Nigel Pearson has left Watford today. How does that affect the relegation picture moving forward? Kyle, let's start with Wolves because it was an excellent mm. night's work. It's been an excellent season again. Do you put them as favourites over Spurs to try and clinch that sick? They have the advantage points-wise. Yeah, I do. I, I just, I, I really like and think Wolves' um, system, especially in restart, is... Again, these are two counter-attacking teams if you're going to simplify the strategy. I just think Wolves are, are clicking a bit better, have have another dimension, have have a dynamic where they can change and be something different during games. And I'm, I don't see that yet from Spurs, even though Spurs are having a good run. Well, they've got to go to Chelsea. Wolves, that's going to be tough. Mm. Um, Roy Hodgson, yeah. seven straight defeats. Their last game was <clears> against Spurs. Shall we start asking questions? Yep, I think so. I, I think there's a staleness about the team now. And, and listen, of course I know the situation. I know they were safe and there's a little bit of a drop-off. But this is alarming. That's seven defeats, Rebecca. One goal scored. They are way down on the goal-scoring charts. Only Norwich have scored fewer goals. And then even after them, it's a, it's a big jump-up. So... <sighs> it's a tough call to ch make a change in the summer, but I... I, I I almost guarantee Steve Parrish thinking about it, thinking about a change. We often see it where a bad end leads to a bad start. This is a quick turnaround for mm. Crystal Palace. The memories are still there. What's Wilf, Wilf Zaha's mind going to be like? You know, it, it, it feels like it's been the same team forever. And they've done OK, and they're still Premier League side. I get that. I just... It must be tempting to think that this is kind of petering away with the current squad and the current management team. And I think you can forgive Roy when he first got there because the job was survival immediately, right? He came into a situation where it was, take whatever you can get, we got to survive. Now he's had enough time with the club. It's, what is the bottom? of work look like you know getting to 40 points and that that being and they got there very quickly and obviously the restart hurts them if, if, if that's if that's good enough and they, and they give up on even though DeBoer and these other things were bad calls if they get up on the ambition of being something different then they'll, they'll stick with this and and let Roy go until they're really in trouble Defeat for Sheffield United, but if we take a look at their previous three seasons as a Premier League team in the early 90s on two occasions and then in 2006, 2007, 12 years ago, after 37 Premier League matches, look where they were and look at the points tally. And in fact, I can tell you even in 2006-07, they were 16th, but they ended up being relegated that season. So yes, a defeat and yes, a defeat on Thursday, but what a season they've had. Chris Wilder was not a happy man a few days ago. Today, though, this is him on how proud he is of the accomplishments this season. My players have overachieved massively. The football club's overachieved massively. 
you know, as people talked about at the start of the season, where we should be. So to, to, to have any talk about jumping into the top six um, deserves an enormous amount of credit to, to the players. From from manager's point of view, you know, we always look to see, um, you know, if you can get the maximum out of the players. And um, so uh, we're delighted as a staff that, we, that we've done that. And more importantly, the, the players have left everything out there yet again tonight. I'm just looking, as I said, everything that the players give, give myself and the football club is, is, is there for, for everybody to see. So uh, they shouldn't be embarrassed by any, any, any sort of performance or result. So the relegation picture looks like this. West Ham in 16th position are all but out of it. Just look at their goal difference. Even if Villa and Watford win, the goal difference for West Ham is so good. Un other than mathematically, they're gone. Aston Villa, Watford and Bournemouth go into Championship Sunday, all with a chance of survival. Villa and Watford have the advantage. They're on 34 points. Villa have a one-goal advantage in the goal difference column. But keep an eye on the goal scored column as well, which Villa now lead on 40. Watford are behind on 34. Bournemouth have 37. Were they all to end on the same number of points uh, at the weekend on Sunday and it went to goal difference and that was level, it would then be decided who stays up on goals scored. GF, top of your screen there. Let's hear from the Aston Villa captain, Jack Grealish. Jack, I just watched you collapse to the ground at full time as a Villa player and, of course, a Villa supporter as well. How good does that feel? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, I think... I think it was deserved as well. Um, I thought we were outstanding today. Um, everything about us, our game management, our defensive defensive display, um, the way we counter-attacked. Um, the only problem was I probably reckon we should have or could have got another goal. Um, but, you know, we take a 1-0 win all day against a great team like Arsenal. You know, we've seen what they've done at the weekend um, to Man City, so it's a brilliant win for us. How stressful a day? Has it been clinging on at the end there, the Watford game, all of it? How tense? Yeah, it has been a bit of a tense day. Um, but, you know, all we can do is focus on ourselves. Um, you know, I think uh, the ball's in our hand now, so, um, you know, it's up to us to what we do on the last day, but nothing's done yet. Um, you know, we have a massive game now, uh, Sunday against West Ham, and um, we'll be giving it our all again. Out of the relegation zone now, does that feel big? Yeah, it feels massive. Um, you know, like I said, I think since we've come back, you know, we've probably deserved a little bit more than we've actually got. Um, you know, we had certain things before the uh, before COVID that we were that we were probably struggling with. Um, you know, one of them being set pieces, for example. We probably conceded too many goals, and you know, over that time we. We, um, we had Zoom calls twice a week, um, you know, once we were back we were training, working every single day and I think since we've been back, you know, we've defended brilliantly and we've also been brilliant from set pieces so it shows that we've been working hard. How worried were you when you missed the big chance, Keenan Davis, around about the 75th minute, especially after what happened at Everton? Uh, yeah, yeah, obviously it's always playing in the back of your mind, you know, I think we've conceded quite a few late goals this season. Um, but, you know, like I said, we had trust in ourselves, the way we've been playing, the way we've been training, and uh, we've got trust in the management staff. And um, I think deep down we all knew that we, we, we were going to cling on, and luckily we did. I touched on it at the start, you're a Villa supporter, you love this club, what would it mean to keep them up? Oh, it'd mean everything to me, um, you know, I think since we've been back I probably haven't been probably hasn't, haven't been as effective as I was before. Have you felt that pressure of trying to keep Villa up, of it kind of being your responsibility? No, not one bit. Um, I think I don't really mind pressure, you know, I think 
pressure is a privilege. Um, my co old coach always used to say that to me. Um, but I just think, you know, since I've come back, I probably haven't, truthfully, I haven't felt as fit as I did before, before the um, break. Um, but you know, that's no excuse. I just need to do what I do what I know that I can do. And I think I've done it today. I was probably unlucky not to get an assist in the end. And lastly, I feel like I should ask. And honestly, feel if you don't feel like answering, don't. Could this have been your last game in a Villa shirt at Villa Park? Um, I'm not too sure at the moment. Um, you know, I, I have I have one one aim, and that's to keep this club in the Premier League. I think where 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 this whole stadium, this whole club, and fan base, you know, knows where we belong. Um, so that's all I'm thinking about at the moment. Um, like I said, yeah, keeping this club in the Premier League, and hopefully we can do that on Sunday. Well played today. Thank you. Well, he didn't say, no, it's not my last game <laughs> in an Aston Villa shirt, crucially. Sorry, Villa fans. Just Robbie Musso and myself for the rest of the show today. And, Robbie, the, at the beginning of the game, Villa's game, you weren't convinced that they could do it. And then yeah. as the game went on and we were sitting here watching it, you became more and more convinced mm. that actually Villa can do this because more, more than anything else, Arsenal just didn't turn up. Yeah, I, I think it's twofold. Arsenal didn't show up and they changed the system in the second half. But I think with 70% possession just short of that seven shots none on target <clears throat> of course a lot of credit goes to Aston Villa and I thought his interview was really good there Jack Grealish he talked about all the points that to be fair we've kind of talked about with game management defensive stability things they haven't been great at and he's right since the restart they've been better and that's credit to, to Dean Smith and defensively so you know they defended a lot better there was a few counter-attacks that they could have scored that we saw that in, in the highlights but better shape better game management but Arsenal just just had an off day. They, had, they took the day off, but Villa, you know, they've had some bad luck along the way. They'll, they'll take that today. That's a massive result for them. I've got to ask you, Aston Villa are out of the bottom three on goal difference. They go to West Ham on the last day of the season. Yeah. Watford take on Arsenal yeah. last game of the season. Who's favourite to stay up? Well, Aston Villa. Of the three teams, really, they're in peril. They've got the easiest game. They play West Ham and they're all away. Bournemouth play Everton. Everton and Watford play Arsenal. Now, Arsenal, I, I wouldn't think, can be as bad as that again, uh, which makes it a difficult game. Villa now, given where they are right now, and maybe more importantly than anything else, just consider the body language, the state, the mental state of the Watford players to the Villa players mm. in terms of how they're feeling right now. You know, when you hear the, the sweet Caroline at the end there, mm. it's such a shame that our viewers at home don't get to see that place rocking with that result and it, and, it, and it kind of I felt that with the manager and the players they're like given the, the, the uh, that was a big deal and I think if the fans were there oh. you might have seen a little bit more emotion um, but what a result and a turnaround the season in that game today the Holt end would have been oh. absolutely rocking like you say but then you never know because it might have made the players more nervous in the closing but stages but at the end there Pepe Reina well, the, absolutely but Pepe <laughs> Reina when he dropped the ball oh yeah. my goodness yeah. me those poor Villa fans Man City were two up at the break against Watford earlier, which left the Hornets with a massive task in the second 45. It ended 4-0 in the end. Let's hear from the Watford interim boss, Hayden Mullins, after which we will hear from the Villa boss, which has just come into us, Dean Smith. It's 2-0 at half-time. At that stage, is it all about trying or thinking of ways of trying to keep the score down, given how important goal difference is, after all? Yeah, and there's a balance as well. You know, you, you, you want to be a threat as well, as much as you can be. Um, without leaving yourself so open because it, we know they're a fantastic side. You know They're good on the counter-attack. They've got some fantastic players. Um, we knew that they, they were going to have a reaction today and um, it, it was a tough day for us. But for the uh, performance of Ben Foster in particular, the, the damage could have been greater tonight. Yeah, he's, he's done that most weeks. He's been fantastic. Um, 
he's been excellent and he's a, he's a great character inside the dressing room but um, you know we've had a chat there and, and you know we spoke about staying together sticking together and um, looking to go again Nevertheless with a 4-0 deficit the goal difference now is identical at the moment between yourselves Villa and Bournemouth how much of a how much of a setback does that feel at this moment in time? Well, we'll see what happens tonight. I mean, it's you know, there's there's still a game that they've got to play tonight. Um, we knew it was a tough game that we were going into today, uh, but um, it's something that we're going to have to deal with. Look, look after, um, have a look tonight after the results, and, and and see what happens. Okay, it's a massive game then against Arsenal, obviously at the weekend. What's what are your priorities between now and then? Just making sure that the players are right and ready for the game. Uh, we know it's a massive game. You know, it's it's coming down to the end of the season now, and uh, the club staying in the Premier League. We know it's a huge game. Um, we know that we've got to prepare right, and we've got to do everything we can to prepare for the game and, and make sure we're ready. This is going to be a week for big characters as well, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the players know that. You know, I think the players know that. It's 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 always tough when you're at the wrong end of the table and uh, you've just come off a, a result like we have today. Um, but again, you know, credit to them, they're a fantastic side. They do that to, to a lot of teams. Um, and we just have to pick ourselves up for next week against Arsenal. What convinces you that the belief is still there in the dressing room to go to Arsenal and get what you need? Because of the characters like you've just spoke about. I mean, we've got big characters in the dressing room, big, big characters. And listen, they know what's required. Um, and it's, it's important that we all stick together now as a club and, and we look forward to the next game, which is Arsenal, and, and, and looking forward to doing what we need to do. Well, Dean, honestly, as a neutral, that was pretty terrifying. What was it like as Aston Villa manager? Yeah, it was OK. I mean, um, you know, obviously a, a great performance, but an even better result because the result is what we needed against a good team. We were just off the back of beating, you know, two of the best teams in Europe. So we knew we had to show a lot of courage, a lot of heart and, and work rate. And I, I thought it was a real team performance today. We kept them at bay um, for, for large periods. I can't really remember Pepe making saves. I thought we defended the box that well and he came to claim he come to uh, claim crosses when he needed to as well. Is it even better doing it without your supporters? Because if there's one day where you'd want your fans in, this would be it, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, we'd love to have him here today and, you know, getting us over the line. Um, but you could hear enough of the subs, you could hear enough of the, the non-playing staff on the sidelines, you know, today to, to get us over the line. And, you know, that's what we managed to do and we've took the, the season to the last game now. What are you thinking when Keenan Davis misses on around 75 minutes? Yeah, I mean, we, we missed the chance against Everton as well, did you it know, feel so like that? Did it feel like Groundhog Day? It, it didn't really because I, I felt our shape was good and we, we were restricting and we were making, I thought we got up to the ball really well, made them go backwards at times and we defended the, the pockets of space just in front of our centre-halves really well as well and you have to do that against good teams. Is today, to a large extent, the, the result of the hard work you did over lockdown? I know you worked hard on the defensive shape and aiming towards clean sheets like you got tonight? I think the eight games I've been, um, we've been much better defensively. Uh, the players were, you know, engaged in a lot of the video coaching sessions we did and, uh, and then when we came back, wanted to, to be a better team defensively and I thought we were and, you know, we've, with the likes of Jack, John McGinn coming back now, um, you know, I, th I think we look a threat going forward as well. Is this your biggest win of the season at the best time? I think the biggest win was probably Everton, um, you know, our first win in the Premier League. Um, but it's the biggest win now because we needed it, um, you know, and we've got to go and do the same sort of performance now against West Ham on, on Sunday. Out of the relegation zone for the first time since the end of February, psychologically, how big's that? 
Well, it's a big boost, that's for sure. Um, we, need, we, we knew we had to get that win to, to even catch Watford up. Um, and now we've, we've got, the, got the season in our own hands. And, uh, you know, that's all you can ask for going into the last game. Mentally, does that change things now it's in your hands? I mean, there's a shift there, is there? There's a shift that we're out of it, but, you know, uh, Watford can go and win at Arsenal on Sunday, so we have to make sure that we go and, and win at, at um, West Ham. You seem too calm, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just my manner. I don't get too up and, and too down. I, I can't afford to, uh, you know, um, the lads need to see a consistent manager. It is in Villa's hands to an extent, just to say if they win and Watford win, but Watford win by more goals, then Watford say up, not Villa. So it's in mm. their hands to an extent. Yeah. Um, if you're the owner of Watford tonight, Gino Pozzo, after firing Nigel Pearson Sunday and losing 4-0 today and now in the bottom three, what are you thinking? Uh, what have I done? And I'm not just talking about Nigel Pearson, I'm talking about all season. From the back of last season, their best ever Premier League finish and reaching an FA Cup final... To, to Javi Gracia was the main man, to firing him, to bringing in Kiko Sanchez-Flores. I mean, the whole thing, you know, it's worked for him in general over the years of, of hiring and firing. This, this season has not worked. And I'll tell you for one thing, Nigel Pearson would be a better man preparing this group of players for Sunday than Hayden Mullins. Does he get him back? I mean, they've done it before. Does he get Nigel Pearson back? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, no, he, when he got Kike no, Sanchez, no, it, no, it, it's a hundred million no dollars back. a year to be in the prep. There's no way back. Not for Nigel now, no. But uh, uh, you know, Hayden Mullins has got to somehow get some spirit, get some belief. Game plan he put in place today didn't work. And to be fair, Man City might have still beaten Watford with Nigel Pearson in, in, in place. But that makes Sunday's game so big. And Nigel's been there and done it before. He's rescued the team on the final day. Um, so that's where they're going to miss out. Well, it's our thanks to the Chelsea fans across the United States for joining us today. We will see you Sunday when you host Wolves at the Bridge live on USA Network. And a point is all you will need. Oh, the nerves will be there. Let's hear from Christian Pulisic. How close were you to spoiling the party? Yeah, tonight? obviously we were very close. So, you know, we got it within one goal. You know, I thought the momentum was really changing. Um, I thought we had them, but then uh, obviously just that one counterattack and it changed real quick. So, uh, yeah, we weren't, weren't, uh, weren't just quite there. Do you think that's all it took, that one goal, for sea change in the momentum? In the second half, coming in and, and you know subs coming in and making a difference and getting a quick goal, you know changes things. And you can see they were kind of on the back foot for a while, but uh, yeah, in the end they, they withstood our pressure. I mean, you came close at one stage. It looked like they were going to run away with it. Yeah, no, I mean we were very close. Um, obviously, we needed a big result today. Unfortunately, we couldn't get it, but luckily it's still in our hands and we have one more game to go. In many ways, there's not too much damage because it's still in your hands. Yeah, well, it would have helped us, but for sure, it's still in our hands. We go in next week and we win and uh, we qualify for uh, Champions League and that's, that's the goal. OK, whoever you support, listen up. <laughs> Manchester United fans, you go to Leicester. You need to win or draw to clinch top four on Sunday or Chelsea need to lose against Wolves. Chelsea fans, you need to win or draw or you can lose as long as Manchester United beat Leicester at Leicester. And if you're a Leicester fan and you're taking on Man United at home, you need to just win or you can draw as long as Chelsea lose against Wolves. That's the top four. I told you it was exciting. Let's just remind you of the relegation scenarios and we'll talk about the relegation scenarios in just a second. Mm. Let me just get your context on yeah. that. What do you think now you look at that run and those scenarios with the top four race? Manchester United will believe they can go to Leicester and win the game if they play well, if they play with intensity and speed, they can get the job done. But Jamie Vardy and Leicester are a dangerous team to play. Chelsea face Wolves are back here, and, and Wolves are dangerous. Good in possession, 
Good out of possession. Raul Jimenez scores goals for fun. Adama Traore's pace can, can be frightening. It's, it's kind of put both, all these teams in, in mm -hmm. difficult situation. I'm not sure who would quite feel... I think Manchester United would feel we have to put in one good performance of the KP and, and we know we're in. And how much is this now going to be mental on Sunday? It becomes mental. And the one thing that we, we talk about Chelsea, there's goals in the team and Pulisic will start. You, you see what he's done in 20 minutes. But they, defensively, Rebecca, the amount of goals they're conceding is a little bit of a way. 54 goals now they've conceded Chelsea. Just a few moments ago, Jurgen Klopp went over to do a Sky interview with the daughter of Sir Kenny Dalgleish, who's a Sky Sports presenter, Kelly Cates. But just before he was going to start the interview, he excused himself to go back to his players and stand, as you will have seen during the commercial break, alongside his players as they sang You'll Never Walk Alone. But he has returned to our colleagues at Sky and to Kelly Cates. Here's Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. Jurgen, we didn't want you to miss out on that, on that very special moment. That, the way that you've celebrated winning the Premier League title, it's not ideal without the fans. But is that as good as you could have done it? Well, that's how life is there. You make the best of what you get. And today, our families are allowed to be there, which is incredible. It means the world to me, to be honest. So, yes, it, everything would be better with fans. I know that. But since months, we know it will not be possible. A few months ago, I thought it's not possible to play football. All the other leagues, like Paris, I don't think they... I'm not sure they got the trophy. Ajax didn't get the trophy. Bayern had to do a completely empty stadium. We had our families here today. Not in the stadium, but now all tested, all fine. So I couldn't be happier, to be honest. Yes, I know it would be perfect if the stadium would be full, but we cannot change it. We cannot change it. What we try to do to make clear for the people that we really do it for them. We celebrate it here alone, but not only for the moment. Everybody celebrates at home. And it's a great moment, absolutely great moment. Jürgen, can I, I've got, I've been dying to ask you this. You're an experienced football man. You've won trophies in Germany. I can't go over how consistently good your team is. How, how have you achieved that for two years? I know, but that made the difference. I, I said before the game. Obviously, Chelsea, we played all the games. We are tied in tonight. Spectacular, yeah. We turned from team clean sheet to Circus Roncalli. Circus Roncalli pretty much like everywhere. Everybody showed and hit. But it's, it's, it's all about consistency. We had it when we started. We had these games, high-flying, crazy good football. Next game, I didn't realize, recognize who that was. And we had to work on that. And it's all about staying on track, staying greedy, having a high level in training. That's why all the kids deserve a medal. I had a talk this week with Harvey Elliott. He had 90 sessions with us. 85 of these sessions were outstanding. He kept the level high like all the others. That's why we played like we played, because we trained like we trained. Fantastic. Jürgen, today is the trophy presentation. However, there was a game to play. And of course, I was saying at the start that you don't want to go up and get the trophy having not put in a performance and lost to Chelsea. So we are stressing that to the players that yes, we're going to get the trophy, but we have to put in a performance. But look, that's not a character team. I can't say in the meeting whatever I want. Well, I said a lot of stuff today, and, I, and it was a free choice. You want to win? You have to work hard. You don't care. We don't have to go out because Chelsea is too good and their target is too high for what they do. And then playing a game like this, I'm surprised myself, to be honest. How can you put such a shift in, in a situation like that where everybody thinks, oh, I don't I want to be fine afterwards and stuff like this. Just exceptional. What we really learned over the years, we just live in the situation. Here's a game to play, go for it, and then we talk later. 
I was angry during the game, and actually my plan was not to be angry, but I was really. You know, we had fight with Frank Lampard, stuff like this. It's not, we don't plan it. It's just we are in the game, and 5-3 is a perfect result, to be honest. The people at home, had, they were only waiting for the celebration, but they had 95 minutes, really fun, excitement, everything what you want. I love it. the European champions and the world champions. Do you use these successes as a way of driving your players on to make them hungry for more? <laughs> so it's true. We are champions of England, Europe and the world. I don't know how it sounds, but that's the truth. It's unbelievable, to be honest. Um, we have won four trophies, big ones, not only something really big ones. I, never, I could be more proud. I'm usually I'm not a person who, who needs pictures with something. I am as long as I can remember it, it's worth it. If not, then I'm too old. So, but I will have a picture with all four trophies when I'm there because it doesn't happen too often. No. <laughs> so we should make sure we have this picture. But we will not stop. We will not stop. We have we have challenges, internal challenges. We can improve obviously each player. But with the changes like not only Curtis, but Nabi played pretty much only the last part of the season. And how he played. Unbelievable. So we have the chance to make another step, but we have to because the others will not sleep. Chelsea is such a talented team. They are such a talented team. Good football. And we had to again to get bring everything on the pitch tonight. And all the others, Man United, Man City anyway and all that. So no guarantees for anything other, but we will try. Jürgen, one last question, just quickly. You've got such a special relationship with the Liverpool supporters. Do you have a message for them? I, what can I say? Where's the camera? What can I say? If you don't see that we do it for you, I can't help you, really. Five years ago, I asked you to change from doubters to believers. That second minute before the press conference, I had no idea that, will ask, that I will ask it. But I asked it, and you did it. You made us happen, really. Thank you very much. We all together should celebrate at home. Save. Drink what you want. But you have to prepare for a party in I don't know when. This bullshit virus is gone. Then we will have, then we will have a party all together. Make sure you are ready then. Thank you very much. Right, the man mountain, arguably the best defender in the world. Virgil van Dijk has been talking to our very own Lee Dixon. Firstly, show us your medal. Straight down to America. Look at that. Try and describe the emotions you're going through right now, if you, if you possibly can. I think very proud. You know, it's, uh, it's an incredible achievement. So difficult to become the champions of this tough league. I think the toughest league in the world. And uh, we did it. We did it by a mile. We well deserved. Nobody can take that away from us. And uh, we should be very proud. And it should give us a lot of motivation and confidence to go into the next season and try and match it or do even better. And, we know that Man City set the bar that's, you know, as high as already, you know, they've shown last year especially. So we have to perform next year again. But for now, we should enjoy it. But I said, well deserved. And we'll see uh, what the future brings. What's, what's been the major difference this year as opposed to last year? I mean, you were superb last year and just lost out to Manchester City. Has there been a difference this year? Well, you know, it's pretty difficult to be consistent. And, I think for us to do that two years in a row is, is, is outstanding and obviously we have uh, we had games where we could have done better but we, we find a way to win the game or find a way to get a result and that's very important in this in the league and I think in this in this particular case Man City dropped a couple points and that spurred us on and, and, and kept going and 
in the end, obviously, like, stats show that we, we, we won the league by the, the fastest way possible ever. So, what I said, you know, we, we won it well-deserved and uh, we should be very proud of it. Have you got a message to the fans? I know they can't be here tonight, but we got you've got a lot of fans in America, so have you got a message to them out to party tonight? Yeah, of course. You know, celebrate all together. You know, this is all for you. You all, you all been waiting for this. We all been working hard for you guys as well, and uh, just enjoy it. You know, we we we're the Premier League champions, and nobody can take that away from us. Congratulations, mate. Thank, Thank you. you. So let's go back to Lee. Who's with Mo Salah? Try and just tell me your emotions that you're going through right now. Because it's just unbelievable. Seems... Unbelievable winning the Premier League with this club. Especially, you know, when I came here, it was my dream to win the Premier League. And yeah, we won the Champions League last season, Premier League, so it's great. The team looks like it really enjoys playing football. That enjoyment, is that part of why you're so successful? Yeah, I think that's that's part of the successful to so enjoy what you what you are doing and keep doing it for many years now for third years in a row so it's great i mean we, before they were doing the same but yeah we do it since we came together we, we are enjoying playing football in front of the, our fans or also away with their support so it's, it's unbelievable yeah that's the part, biggest part of the success this this season's been a roller coaster because of the <laughs> so long it was so long season you know after the quarantine and staying home for a while and you come back you need to play to win the games and you wanted the premier league after seven games <laughs> sorry before seven games end so it's it's tough the challenge mentally that you have to keep winning keep winning keep winning but we did our best and i'm sure like we get the more points now and i hope we're going we're going to enjoy the last game then we'll go for vacation when you, kept, when you came off, you looked a bit disappointed. Is that golden boot playing on your mind? Uh, I was sitting just behind you. I, yeah, I just, I just want to play each 90 minutes. So I, sometimes when I um, sub, I get disappointed. But yeah, I could, I could, I, maybe in my head was, I want to win the golden boot. And, but it's never over until it's over. So go and enjoy yourself. Thank you. Let's go back to Lee with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Stop smiling. I can't. <laughs> You look absolutely exhausted, are you? I'm physically, mentally, emotionally drained, I think. It's, it's early, it's still the start of the night, so um, I'm sure I'll get worse as the night goes on. There might be a few tears, but to be able to, to be a part of something so special in the club's history, um, and we've won at the Liverpool way, which is, which is always important for us, and I think I'm just so proud to be a part of such a special club. You clearly played a different fullback game than I used to. It's just not the game I recognise right now. But the, the way you've played this season, you, you, you've, for me, you've epitomised everything good about Liverpool Football Club. Do you, do you feel the weight of history just lifted a little bit when you pick that trophy up? Massively, I think. I, I, as a local lad, as a player, everyone knows that this was the one that everyone wanted. I think last season we celebrated the Champions League amazingly. Um, and we were made up to win it, but I think as a club, I think we all would have said we would have swapped it for the, Champions, for the Premier League. It's, it's the one that we've all we've all wanted. Um, this is the one that I've always dreamed of. 
um, and this is the one that everyone will remember. Um, so to be a part of something so special and to finally win it and cross that line because we've come so close so many times. Been agonising for the fans. I remember being here the 2014 season and coming so close and um, ending the disappointment. It's it, last season as well being a part of of a historic season, but we couldn't cross the line. It, it almost felt like it just wouldn't happen. Yeah, but yeah. We've blown teams away this season and we've done it in such a special way. I don't want to be a bringer of bad news, but you've got to go and do it again next season. Though. That, I know. I think I had a, I had a chat with Hendo a few weeks ago and he said next season will be even harder um, because everyone we've got a target on our back. We felt that probably this season in the, in the Champions League, um, when you're the holder of the trophy, you want to... As the opposition, you want to you put more focus into the game because you you want it more. And I think next season we need to we need to go again. We can't just be satisfied with one trophy because we want to defend it. And and I think that's important to do so. And I think why settle for one and when you can go and have two in two years. <laughs> Mate, thanks, thanks Thank a lot. You. Go and enjoy yourself. Thank you. Brilliant interview, and as Trent Alexander-Arnold said, the night has only just begun and there may be tears. We may also have tears on Championship Sunday with relegation still up in the air, not to mention the race for top four. See you 9 o'clock on Sunday morning. Want to make Mom's Day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.